Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome listeners to episode 150 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ender, and I'm joining you today from a car park in the back blocks of Mount Waverley in a, in, on my laptop, talking to a man in a hoodie with a moustache. It's the man who's recorded, well, I would have said we recorded 150 episodes, but you've done a couple with Deb and I've been to no show. So it's probably certainly about 147 between us. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. I'm good, mate. Look, it harps back to the day, uh, our very first episode in, in many respects, where we um, were outside outside a public library down uh, in uh, somewhere in the Burbs. There, just uh, just thought, yep, let's uh, let's uh, let's start start a record. Let's start this process. 150 well, episodes I'm- later, you're back in the car again. Back in the car again. Well, at least I'm in the car. So if that same um, dodgy guy comes and starts staring at us, or staring at me while we're recording here. Um, it's going to be a little bit more harder to take. I, I am a little bit concerned about someone reporting me to the uh, local constabulatory. So if, uh, if, if we do get a, a little bit of an interruption in the middle, uh, Lewis might just read the disclaimer while I'm trying to talk to uh, a, a lovely local constable about <laughs> what I'm actually doing, talking to my computer in the car park here. In loitering, loitering in the car park, mate, hey? Loitering, very, very loitering. There's no public toilets here, so that's okay. I don't think it's, I don't think this is necessarily a beat, but I'm not sure. I'm not really into that sort of stuff to actually know, but um, it is school holidays and there are kids around. So this is, it's usually not the best way of trying to fly under the radar from the, uh, the, the people in blue. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been a bit of a sad week, hasn't it, mate? We, we lost someone this week. It's um, someone who, you know, who perhaps wasn't the, the wokest person, you know, who just certainly had some things to say, but um but uh, you know, perhaps perhaps something we we learnt all from the wrong things that they were saying. You know, um, of course, uh, rapper DMX passed away. DMX passed away. There yeah, you go. DMX, yeah, the, yeah. the American rapper, uh, well known for his uh, songs like "Get Get Me a Dog," "Get at Me Dog," and um, and right, where yeah, where classic, where classic. where are those female dogs at? Things like that, you know. Right. Yeah. As yeah. Expected. Oh, well, very topical for the yeah. two vets talk pets. Probably overshadowed a little bit by the passing of a little well-known prince, Prince Philip. A little bit overshadowed. Who? For those who don't know, but yeah, well-known DMX the rapper. So sad. But some it, of those songs that he wrote. Yeah. Isn't it a shame from Prince Philip that he didn't make it to a hundred, so he couldn't have got a letter from his wife? Yes, I know, I know, I know. That's an oldie, good, a goodie. I like that, mate. I like that. <laughs> how have you been this? How have you been this week? You um, how's how's it? How's uh, Phil? No, new, what's the new grad guy? Jo- Joe. Sean. 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 I should remember that. Sean. Sean. Sean the sheep. Yeah. The sheep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, look. Yeah, we've had a uh, we've had a pretty busy week this week, Lewis. Right. Been, uh, oh, dude, we have been um. We've been we've been booked out like you know in in ways that we have never been booked out before. Wow. Um, you know, uh, people ringing up. I mean, usually you'd be able to try and squeeze someone into an afternoon or something like that. We just can't now. We just can't. Wow. You know, we have people ringing up. You know, we've got, and I think all the other clinics in the area are the same because you have people ringing up saying, "Oh, is, is there any chance I can get in because my vet can't see me?" And yeah, yeah, you know, we we just we're, we're just we're just full. So we just can't, you know unless it's you know, sometimes with extenuating circumstances, we can squeeze people in, but we are just so under the pump at the moment. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's a similar sort of, um, sort of way. We're pretty, pretty busy and it struggled to fit emergencies in for us as well, but it's been like that for a long time. And we, um, we might just be easing off just a little bit in comparison to you. It looks like you're ramping up again, but, um, but old Sean, Sean, uh, got, got him a nail trim this week, mate. Did you, did you let him do a dew claw? Just to just to get the feel of the crunch and just the, the, the feel the of the first, crunch. Oh, yeah, absolutely! The, how yeah. much to trim off those dew claws? One dew claw. You oh, did well, one, and you showed him how to do it. And then he sort of you held the clippers, kind of half held he held. Just, yeah, 
he just held it. Squeeze, just yeah, squeeze just, onto see, my hand really feel, tightly, mate. While the I'm pressure, holding under here. Feel the pressure I'm here. An understanding owner, you know, just take a little bit. Here, you know, just did you did you help him with that a little bit? Was it was it was it a good oh, week? Look, I've, 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 I'll be honest. I've unleashed him with the nail clippers. He's doing a pretty good job with the nail right. clippers early on. But um, we've had a um, we have had a reasonably interesting day today, and we had um, one uh, one gentleman who came in and was uh, complaining about the fact that we had his dog in hospital um, while waiting to try and have a uh, an ultrasound done the other day, and I was like, well. You know, yeah. Well, I only live down the road. Why didn't you tell me that I could have just? Well, I we don't know if you're going to be away. We don't ask every person, can you bring it in at this time? Because you know, sometimes you try and squeeze them in between procedures, and you know, so um, so trying to diffuse that situation, and uh, and unfortunately, it was an ultrasound to try and diagnose that the dog's got Cushing's disease, which it does, and he was coming in to pick up his his uh, Cushing's disease medication, which is not all that cheap. So he was um, pretty uh, pretty yeah. upset by that too. Few things um, going on there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then the next, um, I mean, in with the next consult, really lovely client, get along really well with. with um, you know those clients where you have like a pretty good relationship with them because they've had a pet that got really badly sick a couple of years ago. Yes. And so you see them a lot. Um, and then that dog um, had to be put to sleep. He's had a lot. It was a young dog. He had a lot of problems. Um, and then uh, six months ago, she's rocked back in again with a, with a new puppy. You're like, oh, Kate, oh. you're back. How good is oh, that? So having a, having a talk with Kate. And then Lovely. Um, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the nurses come around and go, Robbie, we need you right now. The next <sighs> dog's out attacking another dog down the street. So, oh, sorry, mate. I thought I thought I thought you were going to say it's a he's um he's hit the quick on on one of those nail trims, Sean. You had oh, to yeah, had to come out and just a little bleeder there. You had to, no, anyway, like, sorry. Everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, dog um, down the street. So, so, so I've gone running across Waverley Road. You had to run. You know, so this dog has slipped its owner's lead, run across a four lane road to get to another dog where it's trying to attack this other staffy. So. Lynn's gone running over. I've gone running over. We're trying to separate these dogs. Um, then the the owner of the dog that wasn't the client, she's standing there with her staffy that's going absolutely off tap. We've got the other one off to the side, and and Lynn quite rightly said, "Can you can you move on? Can you can you keep moving, please?" And the lady's just standing there, just staring. And you go, "Look, we'll move him out of the way. Can you can you move along, please? Can you um, keep keep on going?" And and move away from this dog. And so finally we got this dog back over the road. It was a, a, a new client dog, unfortunately one that's been rehomed that's probably got some, obviously some pretty major behavioral issues. Mm, um, yes. And it was coming, it's coming in for a nail trim, which is always, uh, always great. Yep. You know, oh, not, not the first one for Sean. Was it? Was it? No, his, not the first one for Sean. The, oh, we got this, we got this nervous, anxious dog for your first trim, mate. Your first, yep. just hold my hand and I'll help you out. You know, no, okay. The good news is, is that it's got a nose, so it's not a pug, so that's okay. Um, so we've uh, so we brought this dog back over, and I said, look, I, I don't think we should try and trim your dog's nails today because it looks pretty good. Maybe we should come and we should have a, a bit of a chat about general behaviour and anxiety and things like that because I've got a funny feeling maybe your dog's got some problems. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it has some good days and some bad days. Oh, gee whiz, I'm hoping today wasn't one of the good days. Um, and, so, and so then half an hour later... The phone rings. It was the other lady who's rung up complaining about the way that she was treated. She oh. said, "Oh, look, I don't appreciate the way that I was treated." And I, hang on, hang on. We we run across to try and help your dog. Yeah. Wow. Oh. So yeah, we've just had we've just had one of those days. So interesting. So interesting. Sean Sean trimming the nails has been no problems, but you know. <laughs> wow. I wonder if the lady thought. How you weren't going to treat her, I suppose. If you, you know, you're sort of diffusing a, a dogfight situation. You're trying to manage, manage people and animals, and and keep everyone out of out of harm's way. Yes, she was yes. upset with the way you treated her. Well, there you go. Across well, there's one a, of the across one of the major four lane, yeah. you know, uh, south southeastern suburbs roads. Incredible. Oh, we'll, we'll look forward to that Google review in a in a oh, week or so. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I, I actually got on Google the other day. We actually had some. Um, you know, I don't like looking at the reviews because you know if, if they're good ones, it's great. But all you need is just yeah. one bad one, and, and it, it makes about, you feel horrible. Yeah, oh, it, it 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 takes about you know fifteen good ones to overturn one bad one. Um, 
But uh, but I had a look, and you know, there are a few good ones that have come on recently. I was like, oh, that's good. That makes me feel good. So I just won't look again for another another six months. Nah, it can be very upsetting, can't it? But speaking, actually, speaking of owners, you see coming in all the time. We uh, I had a uh, had a really lovely consult um, yesterday. Uh, um, an owner who's got an older cat. She had three pets, uh, two cats um, and a dog. Um, and I'd only ever seen the older one of the the older cat who's oh, must be getting close to fifteen or something like that and and i sort of uh um know them quite well because the daughter is a vet student so she came oh, yeah, a yeah. vet vet work with us initially very early on so it was nice and so there's that sort of connection there and then so this cat this cat was yowling and howling at night yeah um, and it was genuinely one of the hardest sort of as far as that howling cat at night goes behavior case i'd i'd seen and and it had all sorts of issues you know we give it we try it with this medication and then it lose control of its back legs and and then it concurrently got diarrhea and we weren't sure is that i IBD or is that the medication that's causing that? So it was a lot of switching medication. And then one of my colleagues sort of saw it while I was away and switched to another medication actually caused urinary retention. So the cat was holding on. Oh not going to the, no. Yeah. Not going to the toilet oh. for 40 hours. And, yeah. and that, so they went to another vet and yes. then went to emergency. And, and that's so not this, right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then eventually got back to me and I said, I actually, I know you've had all these tests done, but I just think it might be that new medication that's caused that urinary retention. So let's say we stop that. Yep. And, and, and so we've had all these issues going on and I, and I hadn't seen it for ages and we had actually had a few chats about quality of life. You know, sort of we're losing yes. a bit of weight, yowling at night. You know, there was some toileting issues. There was the diary um, and, and, uh, and I sort of forgot about it. The, the cat for, for a long time and and she came in to have a checkup and it was a good it was october last year so it's a good sort of that's sort of six months since i've seen her and she was she was like oh cat's amazing it's you said the medication you put it on, the very first medication you put it on is the one that's actually worked. There's no yelling at night. We sleep well at night. And would you believe it that we've had, unfortunately, the other cat who was younger has passed away since then. And also the dog has passed away since then. They're both healthy. And this cat that we thought was six months ago was a goner has just gone and outlived them all. It's just, wow. It was, it was amazing. I couldn't believe it. So, um, so it was really, really nice sort of consult. She was happy to see me and I was happy to see her and see that the cat was going really well. So yeah, well, really she was happy to see you because the cat was going well. You know, the cat, the other, the old cat had tortoised and haired it over the others. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and you know, incredible. So, you know, of course, you know, then, then you're the winner, you know, I know. I a- couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Cause you know, you have those cases where you're like, oh, I'm really, and I met, in the history, I was looking at the history going, you know, writing the history, uh, we're sort of running out of options here. You know, I'd really don't know what to do next kind of thing. My own little thoughts written down, which I often do with the behavior case. And, um, but yeah, it was the very first medication that we tried that they just persevered a little bit long with it. And, and it sort of, uh, and it, it, it sort of helped. And one of those, one of those medications first that we first tried was, Zilkeen, would you believe? Get out of town. Was How's it really? The there. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So well, on uh, alpha mate, if, you, if, if, you, if you weren't going to take that low hanging fruit, mate, I was, uh, I was absolutely ready to go bobbing for that apple. So I could see your eyes lighting up more than that person oh, walking past your car. Mate, I was ready to go. More than that person passing the car, looking in and seeing that you're actually not wearing any pants in the car. But anyway. Somebody now that's standing just in front of the car and there's hardly any other cars around me. It's kind of weird. Give him a little toot. Just a little <laughs> beep, beep. Get off, get off my car. <laughs> and then when they get stressed and they start trying to, you know, work out, you know, they, they start yelling at night, then we'll try them on some, on some Zilkeen. Yeah, so there you go. If you got have got a cat that's uh, any vets out there or or owners who've got a cat that's uh, that's, that's yelling at night, certainly Zilkeen was one of the for the two medications that we. Well, it's not a medication; it was a supplement that um, yep. that we put the cat on, the older cat on, to give them a little bit of relief and anxiety reduction in the evening. So go and and check it out um, and um, and and get your cat onto it. Yeah, I've used it on a cat this week as well. For uh, uh, it's it's got. Uh, what's believed to be stress-induced uh, bladder inflammation, so feline yep. lower urinary tract disease. Um, reading back through the history, it's about an 18-month-old cat. Um, oh, sorry, no, two-and-a-half-year-old cat. Very similar signs last year as well. Um, you know, goat runs and hides when new people come into the house, when visitors come. Just, you know, it sounds like one of those classic, weather's turning usually goes outside to go to the toilet now the weather's a bit crappy 
doesn't want to go to the toilet inside and now is all of a sudden uh, you know, straining and blood. So um, as well as helping it out with pain and other things that we've spoken about in previous podcasts, got it started on some Zilking too, because I said, you know what? This ain't going to cause any problems. It's only going to do good. Exactly, mate. And you know, you heard the new term for uh, for fluted uh, feline lower urinary tract disease. No, a new acronym? Yeah. Well, no, a new name for it. Pandora What's syndrome. Pandora syndrome. Pandora. Yes. Right. So the, the, I think is, the theory. Is, is, is... Well, the theory is Pandora's box. Uh, you don't you don't look at just the bladder as the problem. You look at the whole cat as the problem. So you look at the anxiety. You look at the environmental enrichment. You look at the wet food. So it's it's more about not just focusing on the bladder as being the problem, but a holistic Pandora box approach. There you go, mate. I still, I still much prefer the fuss puss. Yeah, well, it's not a bad one, but you heard it first on two. Fuss is always good. Yeah, definitely. There you go, the Pandora syndrome. Yeah, excellent. So so, um, speaking speaking of Pandora's box, if you were to open up Pandora's boxes, what what sort of uh, uh, different options of different diets do you reckon you could find in there, Mister Yawny? I'll be only one, mate. Delicate care. Delicate care, oh, definitely. Of course you would. Fantastic uh, brand. Australian made, Australian owned. Uh, you know, it's full of uh, full of Skippy and Daffy, isn't it? The um, Some good novel proteins in there. Um, it's, they've got the dental food, the skin and stomach for the dogs, uh, mobility sport, weight management, uh, even some dental treats. Sport. What's mobility all? sport. Ability sport. Yes, they have. That's a new one that's coming out. Look out for that. The mobility Excellent. sport. If you've got a dog, it's got mag. Is it got mag wheels and a spoiler on that bag? Well, they're actually going to feed it to some of the uh, some of the Collingwood footy team to just try and jam up a little bit to uh, make them a better sports people. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you, mate. I think Collingwood, while they're over there in Perth, because they are playing there tonight, I think they're bringing back a whole lot of mobility support because I think there's far too many of them that are too old at the moment. But yeah, oh, that's a, yeah, that's a story for another day. Yeah, definitely. And also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, uh, we love you guys. Thank you very much for your support. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com and search for Two Vets Talk Pets. Exactly. Alrighty. What's going on there, mate? You, you, uh, I've lost you. Headphones dead. Can you hear me still? Yeah, you're sounding like you're really tinny, though. Yeah, no, I'm... I've just lost my headphones. So can you, does this sound better if I hold it right up to my face? Yeah, look, that's okay. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it's not too tinny for the listeners, but we'll, we'll keep, keep keep pushing on, mate. I, um, I've i got a, actually an article this week that, uh, that that's from the Age newspaper. Um, and it is called Common Cholesterol D- Drugs Could Help Devils Out of Fascia, Facial Tumor Hell. Oh, so many puns. Oh, no, how good's that? Who who said that sub-editing was dead? Yeah, exactly. This is is not by Stuart Late. Late, late, late. Late. And, of course, he's talking about the the Tassie devils, the Tasmanian devils, or, um, you know, a a native uh, species, obviously, in Tasmania, that says in the name. Common drugs used to lower cholesterol in humans could help save Tasmanian devils from a terrible plague of facial tumours. The tumors are passed from devil to devil through bites, which the famously aggressive animals do to each other often throughout their lives. It's estimated that the Tasmanian devil facial tumor disease has caused an 80% drop in the animal's population since it was first identified in the 1990s, with fewer than 15,000 left in the wild. The tumors, which are a form of aggressive cancer, have resisted previous attempts to treat them. Have researchers now believe they've discovered the key to wiping them out? Oh, the cholesterol drugs. Yeah. Manuel Fernandez Rojo. Oh, he's a, he's a classic Tasmanian. Yeah, yeah. He's a native. Native. And not only has he got two heads, he's got two, two last names. Fernandez <laughs> Rojo. Absolutely. Oh, that's uh, that. Yeah. That's a classic Apple Isle last name right there. <laughs> Isn't it? One of the lead researchers of the work, which was mostly carried out at Brisbane's QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute, said they discovered that the tumours that plague the devils need cholesterol to grow. They use it in their cell membranes, and if they can't get it, then that becomes a challenge, real challenge to make new cells. Dr. Fernandez Rojo said. 
So we use what are called statins, which are drugs that inhibit cholesterol in the body. And they've shown in our experimental models that they reduce the growth of the tumors. The drugs are relatively common and freely available and are prescribed to humans suffering from high cholesterol, as well as those at risk of heart disease and stroke. The work was done using cell culture sent to the QIMR by the Tasmanian government through the Save the Tasmanian Devil program. Co-lead researcher Maria Ikonomopololu Again, said, classic, classic Tasmanian heritage. Yes, that's a long name, no hyphen in there, said while she and Dr. Fernandez Rojo, who are married, not sure how that's relevant, have now relocated oh. to Spain. Mm. Well, I tell you what, there's one right. thing that's 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 definitely not in Spain, and that's your Tassie Devil. Mm. Yeah, Tasmania. Get, Tasmania is yeah. not in Spain. Well, and the devils aren't either. So you could not get further away no? from your research, could you? Interesting. <laughs> they they want to continue the research on live Tasmanian devils to prove its effectiveness. We are very excited with these results. And now the next step is to access live animals. Well, probably need to be in Tasmania for that, but that's, uh, <laughs> there's COVID, I suppose. To see if it has the same effect. Young players. Yeah. <laughs> to see if it has the same effect outside the lab, she said. We would love to work with the Tasmanian authorities and create their own protocols for giving these drugs to the affected animals. The researchers say the discovery of the effectiveness of these drugs on cancers, which affect the devils, also suggests they could be applied to cancers in humans, which work in a similar way. Wow. There are some suggestions this could have use in treating some types of breast cancer, some types of brain cancers, possibly even very aggressive tumors like pancreatic tumors. It's very exciting. Dr. Ikonomopololulu said, Although we cannot say specifically whether these drugs will be effective in treating these cancers, this is a promising area to look into. Well, certainly wow. look into it, but you do need to do your two, two weeks quarantine in hotel in Tasmania before you can perhaps do a little bit more research. Yes, yes, yeah. We don't we don't want them bringing. Uh, oh, it's it's funny the whole Tassie Devil thing. I think um, I remember saying once that uh, I saw a uh, a, a, a vi vision of um, you know, Australia's favourite uh, vet, Dr. Chris Brown, um, hmm. doing some investigation on a uh, on a Tassie Devil once on his TV show. Yeah, I, I can't watch the vet shows. I just can't watch them. I um, it just uh, I, I I like my TV too much to and I want to watch it. I just want to throw stuff through it. Uh, and Brownie was uh, in Tasmania. There's a couple of handers holding onto a um, onto this Tassie devil, and he said, "Oh, now this Tassie devil's got a lump near its penis, and so I've got to put a needle in it, and I've got to have a look. And if it's if it comes out as fluid, then it's a cyst, and we're okay. But if it comes out as cells, then it could be the cancer, and we could be in trouble. And so this poor devil is, is sort of being held on its back. It's got one handle holding onto its front legs, one holding onto its back legs. Mm -hmm. not the most, you know, everyone remembers the Tassie Devil from the Looney Tunes. Kind of was sounding like that, just wasn't spinning around in a circle. Uh, and and here we go. Chris Brown's gone and stuck a needle into the into this lump near the Tassie Devil's penis. Be honest, didn't settle it down. You know, <laughs> could almost say it made it a little bit more unhappy. Um, and then he's just quickly squirted on the side and gone, "Oh no, that's fluid. It's a cyst. We're fine. On to the next segment." Wow! Wow! That's Brownie. impressive. Good that's job. impressive. It's impressive, Good mate. Job. Christina just leaned over and she she took my glass out of my hands and took the remote control out of my hands. She said, "No, you're not throwing that through the telly." Mm, no. Wow. Don't want to. Forget your pathologist having a look at it. Just uh, diagnose it on the fly, mate. Wow. Ah, it's the best way to do it. Best Impressive. way to do it. Impressive. Now, you got any news this week, mate? Uh, yeah. So um, I, I have actually found uh, found one uh, here. I'm just going to pull it up here. So I um, found an interesting um, – How did I have it? Where was it? Oh, balls. I did have it. Don't, oh, don't say that no. with a window down, mate. That's not that's not good. Yeah, oh, well, I've um, just realised where it is. I've, I've, I've wrote out all this stuff and I've got it on the uh, on the note section on Christina's computer where I was getting it ready for the last podcast that Oops. I didn't actually have. So yeah. All righty, okay. Well, well, we we move along, will we, mate? 
Uh, yeah, move, move along and I'll see if I can find any of the other articles I was going to talk about. That's all right. Move on to this. Do you want to do a disclaimer? Of course I can. I've got that here somewhere. All um, right. All uh, advice on this show is... Oh, yeah, is generally genuine. nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Yeah, apologies, listeners. After 150 episodes of doing this, you'd think I'd be more prepared, but I... Uh, it, li- li- absolutely literally are doing this uh on the uh my, my headphones have just died on the laptop on my lap in a car park so and i must say mate it's one of your best uh yeah you know, one of your best great so far Still yeah definitely definitely one of you know, real commitment we give to the tv store pets podcast absolutely. especially episode 150 which is probably a milestone of some sort I'd oh, imagine it'd have to be some sort of yeah exactly well i've got a i've got an article this week i want to talk about from companionanimalpsychology.com, which I think I've been using a lot of them lately. There's some, some great articles that have come through um, being written by Zazie Todd, who has a PhD. I'm not sure if he's a, he's a veterinary behavior specialist as well, but uh, certainly out of the States. So go and check him out. So it does some, some great works, but it, we love very a list. Very snappy name. Very snappy yeah. name. Yeah. Zazie. So. Zazie, Zazie Todd. Zazie Todd. Or oh, Gigi, mm, could be. I'm not really sure. Never met her, so I'm not not sure where we oh. stand there. Anyway, but we love a list on the show. So this is oh, a list. That's what yeah. my one was. Mine was a list, but I don't oh. have. Tell was me it, about your list. Was it this list? Thirteen common dog training mistakes and how to avoid them. Oh no, this sounds like much better. My one was um my one was lists of uh list of breeds of dogs that vets say you shouldn't get. Oh, right, eh? Okay. Yeah, I it was, thought it, I thought it was uh songs by DMX that you should listen to with your nana kids. with the kids. Yeah. Yeah, right. and your nana. Yeah. yeah exactly. In the car park. Yeah, exactly. So, training your dog is one of those things that everyone expects to be easy. You ask the dog to do something, give them a treat. Simple. But it's not always so simple, especially if you're training a dog for the first time. What? 13 common mistakes that many people make when they're training their dog. Sadly, because anyone can call themselves a dog trainer. And that's a really good point. I had had a similar consult this week where uh, where an owner had a new dog and they had gone and seen the dog trainer who was also a nutritionist who recommended a certain raw food diet for their puppy. And I I always said, well, that may be the case, but, you know, I am a vet and I have done a little bit of nutrition in my course and I do recommend that we don't go down that path for your puppy. And, And they said, but they're a nutritionist. And I said, I wonder where they got that qualification from. Send me yes. the link to the website. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so and that's similar with dog training. You know, uh, you know, dog trainers are fantastic, but anybody can put up their shingle and say, "Look, I'm a dog trainer. Mm. I've, uh, you know, I've I've been training dogs all my life for thirty years. You know, um, you know every dog I've had, I've been able to make them sit. So exactly. I must be a great trainer. Well, it's spot on, mate. I mean, we can all look at the stars, but it doesn't make us astronomers, does it? You know, no. You now we've all got teeth in our heads. But we're not all dentists. It's, you know. Mate, yeah. not all Collingwood supporters have got teeth in their heads. I prefer you to not be overly teamist. Sorry, sorry mate. I meant to say tooth when I'm referring tooth. to you. Thank you. Tooth Much in their better. head. Much mate, better. Tooth. Yes, appreciate yeah. that. Like like a little chicken, the egg tooth, and they're pecking out of their egg. Just uh, just that one. Egg solitary. Tooth. Yeah. 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 Egg tooth that the chickens have. Yeah, nice. little chicks. So anyway, back to the dog trainer. Sadly, because anyone can call themselves a dog trainer, some dog trainers make these mistakes too. In particular, don't hire a dog trainer who makes any of the first three mistakes on the list. Oh, the first three, the big three. I'm worried you're getting a little bit hypoxic in the car there, mate. You're just yawning. Do you want to just crack the window just a little bit? You know, a lot of yawning there. You might just uh, just drift off during this. And There will be a test. Fresh air it is much better. There goes goes a car. There will be a test at the end. Excellent. Very good. Uh, study so don't the first three mistakes on the list because studies show these techniques either risk harming your dog or are ineffective. So number one, yes, using using shock prong or choke collars. Oh, or, cho- yes. or cho- choker chains. We've uh, covered this before. We have exactly now prong collars are illegal in yep. Victoria. 
but I don't think they are legal in other states in Australia, and certainly I don't think they're illegal in America. Unfortunately, using shock, prong, or choke collars, um, uh, choker chains, we call them, has risks according to scientific research. All of these methods are aversive, so it means they're not pleasant for the dog. Using aversive methods risks fear, anxiety, stress, aggression, and a worse relationship with your pet. So mm. why, why are they aversive methods? Why do we say they're aversive? It's because technically they use either positive punishment. So giving the dog something, something painful or something, giving positive punishment is giving some dog something to decrease the probability of that behavior occurring in, in the future. Mm. And, you know, that might be a jerk on the chain or an electric shock or, you know, in regards to the, to the choke collars or negative reinforcement, which means, um, applying um, something uncomfortable to the dog potentially and only when they do the behavior to then stop take away um, that 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 uh, that aversive technique so mm. a classic one where you you know you're pulling on the choke collar until they sit and then you relax the, the choke the choker chain right unfortunately because dog training is not regulated some trainers will try to persuade you otherwise but they only work because something unpleasant happens to the dog when they do the wrong thing or something unpleasant stops happening when they stop doing the wrong thing mm. if you got a training collar because your dog pulls on the leash instead try a harness or a head halter while you train your dog to walk nicely there are lots of harnesses to choose from and my i'm a big fan of the front attachment harnesses certainly mm. i really like those i think there's one by gentle leader that's um that, that i really like but there's certainly lots of different brands of harnesses yes. that you can use that are much more inhane much more humane than the shock prong or the or the check chains choker chains number two this is the second one you got to watch out second for uh, yes for the dog trainers second using one big three using leash corrections so that's uh basically jerking on the leash problem with leash corrections is that they too are an aversive method. In fact, some studies have compared training at dog training schools that use leash corrections as well as other aversive methods to schools that own, use only positive reinforcement. So positive reinforcement is, you know, generally food rewards is, is the main one. One study found that dogs trained with rewards only are more optimistic. And we actually discussed this study, as you might remember, Robbie, I won't... Uh, yeah, yep. Uh, episode 146, we, we discussed this actual study. Well. So go back to it and ha have, a, have a refresh. Um, so while another family, if people use aversive methods, their dog is less likely to have a secure attachment to their owner. If your dog is pulling on the leash, try a harness or a head halter. Um, and scientists found that when dogs, uh, looking at the body language of dogs walked on a harness, they found that harnesses are fine from a welfare perspective. So that's a, that's a good, good wrap for them as well. Now, the third one you got to watch for from your dog trainer is using the uh, dog trainers or, or, or yourself using only praise to train a dog. A lot of people expect their dogs to work for praise, if only because this would make life so much easier. Yes. The thing is, if you want your dog to do what you ask, you need to motivate them. If every time you say, good dog, you follow it up with a treat, then your dog is going to pay attention when you say it because it means they're about to get a treat. Yay. But if you don't, then it's just a word to them. means nothing to them. They don't understand the words. They're dogs. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the top three. So look at that for those for, top for, for, for your dog trainer. Number four not using good enough treats. And this is a really common one. Ooh. All dogs are individuals and have preferences. Plus, since they're probably used to getting their kibble in a bowl, you'll need something better to motivate them. Little pieces of chicken or liver or cheese are things I tend to like using for training, yes. but you can also use pieces of hot dog or sausage or, or something like that, or any kind of dog treat. And scientists have shown that dogs will run faster for better quality treats. And I think we might've looked at that study as well. Uh, maybe a few episodes ago as well, we're looking at, at, at that study. So some dogs are easier to motivate with food than others. Uh, I guess Labradors come to mind. Um, yeah. So you have to figure out what works to motivate your dog. If, you're, if you think your dog is not motivated by food, most likely you didn't find good food that is attractive enough. You've yes, got to look harder. Yeah, exactly. Well, there are some dogs that don't like hot dogs or, uh, you know, or liver or, or, and we certainly find this in a consult at, yes. uh, at work. I have a full selection of treats that I will go through them all until I find one that the, the, the little puppy or the dog I've got 
you know, find something that they're allowed and that, and that they like. Yes. So, uh, you know, if they don't like hot dogs, you can try cat food, roast beef, steak, you know, anything, the sky's the limit. Um, paw it's paw. Also, what's that? You could try pawpaw. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But just not the ones you get out of your ear when you, no, no, yeah, no, that's, no. that's not good. Pawpaw, not tasty. No, no, that's that's poor paw, paw. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just ask Kevin Rudd. <laughs> It's also possible they're already full, in which case train them before their meals, not right after. Um, alternatively, it could be the dog is too stressed to take food mm. as well. So keep that in mind. There may be occasions when you decide to use play or patting as a reward instead, and that is fine. But for most training situations, food does work the best because it's quick and easy to deliver and dogs love it. So it definitely motivates them. Number five, not giving the treats fast enough. When training a dog with positive reinforcement, you want to give your dog the treat as soon as they do the behavior you want. If you're using a clicker, click as soon as they do behavior and then give the treat. But don't be so quick that you're reaching for the treat even before they've done the behavior because they need to learn that doing the thing you asked results in a treat. Being ready to treat on time means planning planning ahead on your part. Where are you going to keep the treats in your pocket, a bait bag, like a treat bag, a cookie jar on the counter or somewhere else. It also means paying close attention so that you can give your dog the reward right away. As soon as they do the desired behavior research does show that it's important to be quick when giving you treats in dog training. So number six, repeating the cues or as we used to call them commands, but there's a little bit of a, a woke culture and you shouldn't be commanding your dog to do anything. So it is called a cue now, a request. Funny, I don't remember that. I remember there being a big, uh, a big injunction, you know, the, I mean, I wasn't at the particular meeting Lewis, but uh, I remember when they, when suddenly we weren't allowed to give our dogs commands anymore. So we get them cues. Yeah, exactly. And I remember you being in there in the minutes, mate. So certainly initials yeah. in the minutes. Yeah. But just, uh, Cause I was there. But, I was a participant. Yes, this is a very common mistake. Saying the cue more than once. Sit, 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 yes. sit, sit, sit. Yep. How many times do we hear that? A lot, all the time, all the time. Yes. And in fact, when I'm in a consult room with a new puppy, I'll never use a word to get him to sit. But by the time, so I have him walk around. It's oh, just a little, just a little insight into to Lewis oh, on his daily. Yeah, I know. Listen Behind up, guys. Breaking the fourth wall here. Listen up. Turn it up loud. Listen up. Just I'll, I'll put a puppy on the ground and I'll get it sort of walking around, get it used to the room a little bit. And I'll be feeding it treats. And I'll gradually over time, just start lifting my treat up over their nose and getting them to put their bum on the ground. Yeah. And then I'll feed the treat and I don't say anything and I don't do anything. And by the time I reckon within two or three minutes of having a chat to the owner, what are you feeding? Whatever. I've got that dog sitting just purely with no voice command, just, just a, a, a guiding of my hand, you know, sort of a, a lift up in my hand and they'll sit down for treats. And it's amazing. By the end of the consult, you I'll be standing there tapping on the computer, writing up some history. And there's the dog just sitting right at my feet going, where are those treats? Where are those damn treats? It's, um, he's, you're broken. He's broken, man. Press, you know, control, alt, delete him. He's That's not right. working anymore. And sometimes they will try a bark at that stage because they're like, yeah. well, we need something new. need something else to attract him. That works at home. Let's try that here. <laughs> so so certainly repeating the command, you know, I mean, you, you do need to just try and say it the once and, and wait and see what the dog does. If they do sit, even if they're slow in it, give them the reward. If they don't sit, Obviously, they don't get the reward, and you try again, try redirecting. Work on your, um, you know, w- work on your training. Take it back a step. Yes. Um, and sometimes people make the mistake of repeating cues because they're out in public and feel that it's embarrassing to say the cue and have the dog not do it. Good. Yes. Point. Try not to worry what other people think. If you're not trying to get your dog to come when called, you c- if you're trying to get your dog to come when called, you can make excited noises, crouch down or encourage the dog to come to you or even run away from them to make it into a game. <laughs> then, then make a plan to do You're going to get left behind. You're going to get right. left behind. That's a great game. My kids loved it when I played that game with them when they were a kid. Yeah, especially, especially in the supermarket. You went two aisles over and they're like, Dad, yeah. hey, where are you? He's done it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, actually, I had a nurse I worked with once who reckoned that when you couldn't get a dog to come to the park, oh, I don't know if this actually works, you pretend that you're having a heart attack. So you wow. collapse down on the ground, lie down, um, pull out the paddles, put them on, yeah. you know, bring yourself oh. back, 
And by that time, and by that time, your dogs come over going, oh, what's going on here? I'm not sure if that works. It was a good theory. Anyway, if anyone has found that work, let me know. Love to hear. Love to hear. If you see someone repeating uh, cues in public, don't look down on them. If they're using positive reinforcement to train their dog, that's great. Learning how to train takes time and practice. So just give them a smile, if appropriate, and move on. Yes. Good point. Good yeah, only, point. only smile if it's appropriate. Mm. Now, again, part of the woke culture, you know, make sure that it's an appropriate time to smile at somebody. Don't command them to do anything. Just no. a cue and a smile. Move on. Cue smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number seven, punishing instead of rewarding. The classic time this happens when you call your dog and they come running, but you make yeah. something bad happen from the dog's perspective. Yes. For example, you call them to you, then put their leash on and take them home, ending the fun. Yeah, or people shouting at the dog, come here, I told you to come here. And yeah. It's like, what oh, oh, yeah, or, or classic one is they call them to come and they don't come, they chase them, eventually they catch them. And then they tell them off. Oh, well, bang! You know, give them a smack or you know whatever it might be. Something aversive. Yes. And really, you're not rewarding the dog for coming. It's like, yeah, I'm not coming next time, mate. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Next time you can stick it fair and fair and square up your uh, up your cue. <laughs> yeah. Coming when called is such an important behaviour that you should reward it every time. As well, you shouldn't only ask the dog to come when you want to put them back on the leash. Big one. Uh, make sure that at least some of the time when they come running, you give them their treat and then you let them go off and play and explore again. That'll help to keep the recall strong. Sometimes you'll see this happen where people try to use padding as a reward in dog training. If the dog doesn't like to be padded, then instead it's going to be punishing. So look out for signs. Um, the dog's stressed like lip licking or yawning, looking away, leaning or moving away from you when you're trying to pat them. Number eight, expecting results too soon. It takes time to train a dog. It's understandable that people get impatient or think that because the dog did the thing they were asked once, that's it. They know the behavior, but actually it takes a lot of practice. It's a bit like the, uh, the 12 week old puppy. You sometimes get in the consult room and you say, the owner's how's toilet training going? And they go, he's, he's trained. He's toilet trained. He's been in our house a week. He, he's trained. And in the back of my mind I'm going, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll see you in a month. And he's not going to be toilet trained. Yeah. They need much more repetition to learn that, definitely. Uh, so it's important to follow a gradual training plan that moves in small increments. Often you'll start with a lure and then a hand signal before moving on to a verbal cue. And that's what I'm doing when I'm doing the sit in the consult. Mm. I've got a lure, which is the treat. I'm encouraging to, to, um, to, to lift their bum, lift their head up, bum down. And then, uh, and then with the hand signal, directing the hand up. And then I don't actually add the verbal clue. I let the owners do that at home themselves. Just it's in all, case it, they've got a special word they want to use. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. It's also completely normal to have days when the training seems to go back a bit. Maybe you just have to move back to an early stage in your plant. This is normal too. Just keep training. And over time, the uh, new behavior will come. Um, see any setbacks as a learning opportunity. Be patient and keep it working on behaviors you want your dog to learn. Keep a training diary or video so you can see your progress. Number nine, not taking account of distractions. When you teach your dog to come when, when called in your house, it's easy, nice and easy. Asking your dog to come when called in a park where there are other people, other dogs, and super exciting creatures like rabbits, possums, birds, squirrels. That's a completely different kettle of fish or if they're kettles of fish in the park as well, it might yeah. be hard to call them back too. Dog trainer, if it's squirrels running around in the kettles of fish. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or a kettle of squirrels. Kettle of squirrels. Yes. Yes. Big kettle. That would be. Yep. Yep. Very but bouncing around, dueling around a lot. Yes. Dog what trainer. Want, the kettle. Is that a kettle on the stove? Cause that's, I don't think that'd be that's not woke. That's not. No. No. I wonder no. if the squirrels keep their nuts in a kettle. Very nice. They do swim on their backs, I think. Oh, do they? The squirrels? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then keep, they crack their, their nuts on their tummy. Keep their nuts dry. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> uh, dog trainers talk about three Ds, distance, distraction, and duration. These are all things that you need to take into account when training your dog. The smaller the number, the easier it is for your dog. For example, when teaching recall, you can first call your dog in the house. Few distractions. And when you're close to them, very little distance. Ditto when you ask them to sit. Then you only gradually make things harder. Distance, distraction, and duration. 
you'll need your dog will need plenty of practice in different environments before you can really say that they know something. This is perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. Number 10, not training a puppy or young dog. According to a 2020 PDSA poor report, 12% of dog guardians don't train their dog at all. The thing is without training a dog or puppy, without training your puppy or dog, they do not know how to behave. And if you don't socialize your puppy, I mean, lots of positive experiences, they won't be so friendly and confident when they grow up. It's actually a common problem that people don't train their puppy and let them be jumpy and mad because it's fine when they're small. They, they only run into problems when the puppy grows up and gets bigger. He'll grow out of it. Mm, get that a bit, don't we? Yeah. Yes. That jumping and mouthing is suddenly no longer cute. Now it's annoying and potentially dangerous. Unfortunately, behavior problems are the most common cause of death in dogs under the age of three. Many of these euthanasia decisions could be avoided if puppies were well socialized and trained. So sign up for a good puppy class or dog training class if you need help getting started. Number 11, not training your adult or senior dog. Everyone knows you need to train a puppy, but older dogs can benefit from training too. Um, if your older dog needs a bit of extra enrichment in life, training can help. If they already know the things they need to know to be a good companion, like sit and walking on the leash, you can try tricks training just for fun. How about calculus? Mm, yes. That's the Sudoku. Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. knitting. It seems like, it seems like old people like knitting. Maybe old dogs get into knitting too. Maybe. Cognitive, maybe. Cognitive neuroplasticity, Lewis. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Maybe bridge. Bridge seems to be a common game. Bridge. Yeah. Yes. Maybe that's where that poster came from with the 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 uh, the dogs dressed as people playing, you know, canasta. Maybe that was that was a you know, teaching them new tricks. Anyway. Numbers only hope. Number 12, not realizing when the dog is afraid. Sometimes the reason for the way a dog is behaving in a particular way is that they are afraid. In those cases, it's important to help them learning not to be afraid. And often this will involve desensitization and counter conditioning rather than just positive reinforcement training. Unfortunately, many people miss signs of fear in their dog, even when it's something that you know many dogs are afraid of, like fireworks or the vet. Oh, yes. And we get that a lot, don't we? I, I often say to people, oh, your dog's really anxious. And the vet go, oh, no, he loves coming in here. You know, he's jumping all over everybody or, you know, oh, he loves coming here. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, you put them on the table and go to examine. They're leaning away and they're, they're, they're you know, growling at you or trying to bite. You know, lots of Give me the, give of me the water poly eye. Where yeah. Looking, you see the whites there. Yeah. The whale the eye, mate. Exactly. Exactly. Number 13, not getting help when you need it. If you find training your dog a struggle, you're not alone. Help may come in the form of hiring a dog trainer. Unfortunately, dog training is not regulated, as we said, and many dog trainers still rely on outdated methods. So you need to choose a dog trainer carefully. There are also times when you need to make a trip to the vet, in particular if a previously house-trained dog has started to soar in the house or if there's a sudden change in behavior, you need to see a vet in case there is a medical issue. As well, for a very fearful or anxious dog or a dog with separation anxiety, a vet visit can also help. In some cases, your vet may recommend a nutraceutical, like Zilkeen. Zilkeen is a possibility. Yeah, or a psychoactive medication and or that you consult with a veterinary behaviorist. Um, And that is the end. There's 13. 13. 13. Uh, 13 common dog training mistakes and how to avoid them. So fantastic article. I thought it was really, really good there. It's, um, it's interesting. You know, when you like so much of it is common sense, but it's until you actually have it all laid out there. And like, even as you're running through them, you just, I certainly hear parables of things that you talk about in consults with people, you know, like, it's just, you know, it's just all that stuff that, you know, and, like dogs need it. They need help. You know, they don't know and understand. And I, I, when I was talking to um, to this client of mine this morning, you know, we were talking about how um, different dogs behave differently at the off-lead dog park. You know, you could have a dog that wants to run up and uh, and see other dogs, but some dogs don't like that, you know, and that's, and that's fine. You've got some people that, that like football and some people that don't like football. That's perfectly fine. You know, you've just got to learn, what works well for your dog and provide them with 
uh, uh, setting them up to succeed. You know, if you've got a dog that looks like it's anxious, the worst thing you can do is take it to an off lead dog park where there's six huge dogs that are running around that all want to run and go, and just get right up in their face. It's, it's no good. Yeah, don't get me started on, on dog parks, mate. The, uh, the, the off lead dog fight club, I like to call it. <laughs> if this is your first time of dog fight club, you have to fight. That's right. Yeah, the uh, yeah, you know, nothing like putting out just dogs that don't know each other in an environment, all excited. Uh, you know, different levels of nervousness, different anxieties. Uh, you know, lack of socialization, bullies in there, and then just go, "Hey guys, off lead, go for it, fight for your life." Not my. And when there's a, not, sm- not a huge fan. And where there's the smell of 400 other dogs around as well, oh. and you don't know are they here? Are they not here? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah. And um, people, yeah, people who take I, their I'm dog a, to a, dog to the park when they they definitely should not be taking their dog to the park. That's a big issue as well. But that's a that's a whole nother topic. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And and one that we can, but, but maybe we should do that. Maybe we should have a series of uh, of two vets talk pets solve the problems for for local councils and off lead dog parks. Sounds, Wouldn't that be great? Sounds like a plan, mate. I like it. Let's uh let's do that episode two hundred and fifty. What do you reckon? Two hundred and fifty. Yes, I'll come back to the car park. Organized. Yeah, when we get organised. Excellent. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's about a wrap, mate. I think if you've got any questions, uh, you can certainly get onto two vets talk pets at gmail.com. Uh, we are on the socials. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, Robbie's on OnlyFans, aren't you, mate? How's how's that going? Good. Good. Bring in. Sorry, mate. It just cut out a little bit there. The um, the, <laughs> someone's just walked past the car, so I just had to shut the shut the volume down a little bit. I'll bet you did. I'll bet you were, did. Were you talking about ceiling fans there? Yes. Were you talking about ceiling fans there. We do have ceiling fans at home. Yeah, <laughs> but, we, but we don't only have ceiling fans. We've also got a. We've also got air conditioning too, but it's getting wintry now. So we're not using the fans that much, but thanks for asking. <laughs> no worries. All righty guys. That's a wrap. We'll scratch you later. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.